1: You know, have put pressure on themselves, and if they get the result on Monday night, if they beat Hibbs and they, they do what has to be done, then all well. I think this month of January, if you look at the games, you've got Aberdeen
2: away, Hibs away, Muddle away, and there's another couple of games thrown in. I think if they come through that with full points, I think then it's the time to start believing that you are going to um, win the, the title. The
3: title. The Goal Radio Football Show
4: With Rob McLean, Davy Proven and Craig Moore With OPC Energy Limited The Renewable Energy Specialists Call 808 08, 08 17 17 700
1: Let's go in the deep midwinter, Scottish football is about to get back to business. Weather permitting, of course. It's a premiership programme coming up, which stretches over the long weekend. It starts on Saturday with Dundee United and St Johnston. Kilmarnock play Hamilton. Uh, St Mirren against Motherwell. The Livingston against Ross County game has been moved already. Uh, precautionary, hoping that that pitch will be ready for Sunday rather than Saturday. Of course, uh, their match with Aberdeen uh, was called off last week. On Sunday, um, it will be Livingston against Ross County, plus that massive match at Petaudry, Aberdeen against Rangers, 3 o'clock kickoff, and then Monday night, of course, back from Dubai comes Celtic to play Hibs, and that is 7.45, so some really intriguing matches uh, coming up. And it's Rob McLean here with Davy Proven and Craig Moore for your delectation and delight on a Thursday between now and seven, the football chat. Um, get yourself involved. 700 Text go and your message to eight seventy four seventy four on the socials at Go Football Show. It will be good to hear from you. Good to hear from uh, Craig Moore and uh, Davey Provan as well. And Craig, of course, first chance we've had to talk to you on the show since that certain result on Saturday.
5: Yeah. Now nah, look, I mean, obviously Rangers will be delighted to, to take the the three points. Uh, and Celtic would have been disappointed because I thought they performed very well in, in the match uh, it was a game that for, for large, certainly the first half completely dominated um, needed that goal I think to really give them the opportunity to go on and win the football match, McGregor makes a few fantastic saves um, and, and Rangers then go on and, and, and get the result like I says, three points, they won't be too concerned about the performance, the, the three points is very very important but uh, for Celtic fans, um, they should be happy with the way that their team performed in the match.
1: Is it all over, Davy?
6: Was it all over anyway? Yeah, I, I think it probably was all over. It certainly is after the weekend's result. Um, I mean, however well Celtic played last Saturday, it's impossible to make a case for them closing the, the gap the way Rangers are playing. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying Celtic can't go on a really good run and stack up a lot of points between now and the season's end but there's absolutely no sign of Rangers cracking and it would take Rangers to to crack up big time to, to let Celtic back into this.
1: And that's been the story of the season. The problem for Celtic has been Rangers because if you look at Celtic's bare results th- there is no crisis. It's only when you look at the massive yawning gap there is now.
6: Yeah, I mean to, to be fair to Rangers they, they've given Celtic no encouragement at all. Every tricky fixture that, that Rangers approach Neil Lennon would be thinking they might drop something here. They haven't. And although they, I, I was going to say, fluked the, the, the result at the weekend, it's still another three points. The gap increased, and I, I think Stephen Gerrard would have settled for a draw pre-match. I think had you offered them a draw, he'd have said, that'll do me. But to get the win was a, was a real bonus for, for Rangers.
1: And, of course, it could be 22 points, Craig, come Monday night when Celtic resume.
6: Yeah, it could be. I mean, obviously, uh,
5: Rangers will be desperate to to try and go and get three points uh, against Aberdeen. I mean, otherwise, the hard work of the old firm match uh, would give Celtic some form of encouragement. Yeah. Although they have a very tough game against uh, Hibbs, um, but like, if Rangers go and win this game away to, to Aberdeen, like I, says, I I feel like a lot of people, that it'll be very very hard to uh, to reel that back in. I think the form that they've shown throughout the season uh, has has been consistent. Um, you know, not that there's been too many down bits, but they're the getting knocked out of the cup. The, the game against Motherwell was, was, Davey, for me, the chance where potentially Rangers in previous seasons could have slipped up. I think that because they then ground out, showed great character, and went on and get that uh, really important win in the end, it uh, wasn't a great match, but fam- fantastic three points. That that would frustrate yeah. frustrated Celtic because that's those opportunities where you start to feel that potentially there might be a little a little swing, but Rangers have just shut every single door and gave no encouragement.
6: Even even going back to day one of the new season, Craig Rangers go to Pottodry, one 0 and yep. squeak it. You yep. know, and and that's you know yourself. That's that's how you win titles. Yep. You know, just by grinding it, grinding. It. You don't have to play particularly well. And I would argue that Steven Gerrard would find the result of the weekend even more satisfying yep. because Celtic had bossed the game. Yep. Sometimes it's better to win that way.
5: Well, we, we hear it all the time, don't we? I mean, uh, titles are, are, are won on, on certain ugly performances, but yeah. you still get the, the three points. And we, we, yeah, we hear that year in, year out. And, and you're right. When you know that you've not been at your best and you're still you able still to, to, to get three points, that gives you an unbelievable lift.
1: You mentioned the Motherwell game where Rangers were trailing with 17 minutes to go and then one with a bit to spare in the end. There was also the Hibs game at Ibrox, wasn't there? And maybe the Rangers of yeah.
6: last season wouldn't have won that one. Well, I mean, I, I think that that's probably trying to find the right word here. Um, probably late in the game, Rangers were hanging on. Put it, put it that way. You're talking about the Hibs game at Ibrox? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Hibs, you could argue, were the better side. But again, it's another occasion where Rangers haven't been eight, nine out of ten, but they've come away with the points.
1: They've found lots of ways to win, Craig, haven't they this season? Well,
5: well they have because they've had a, a, a wonderful spread of goals within the within the team. Um, you know, whereas previous seasons they have maybe been heavily reliant on Morelos. Uh, we know that he's not had the best of season, but so many other players have have stepped up and performed and scored goals. So that's. That's put Rangers in a, in a really, really uh, strong position. Um, you know, and and that, that is very, very pleasing in terms of... For a manager, for Steven Gerrard, he must be so happy with that. Like we can talk about the depth now that, that Rangers do have in the squad. When he's made changes, um, the players that have come in have done a great job. So he, he's been in a fantastic position that players just keep performing, whether they're starting week in, week out, whether they're getting their opportunity. He has that balance and the way that he's managed the squad so far this season has been first class. The name
1: McGregor was written all over the game. Uh, the freakish <laughs> deflection of Callum, yeah. uh, which produced the only goal, and the performance of, of Alan McGregor, which is a, an interesting debate going at the moment, doesn't it? About is he, you know, where, where does he compare with, mm-hmm. with Andy Gorham, the, the man who broke
6: Celtic's hearts so often? Mm. It'd be very hard to, to separate them. I mean, Craig, you obviously well qualified to, to, yeah. to make that decision, but certainly as an observer, I would say it would be very difficult to, to separate them.
5: I mean, it is it is a difficult one. But, you know, what, what both goalkeepers do and and, and have done regularly, got the goalie Gorham back in, in his day, is he would make crucial, crucial saves that kept you in games. Um, and, and then, like I said, you go up the park and you, you win a smelly game 1-0 on the back of a, an unbelievable yeah. save from your goalkeeper. McGregor done exactly that uh, in the old firm game. You know, the strike from Griffiths, it's flying into the top corner. That's an unbelievable save. Yeah, an unbelievable save. That's world class. And you know, Giggsy's a winner, um, and he he continually drives the, the the standards within that within that squad and that football club at the moment. So, you know, the goalie was probably a little bit different that way. He kept himself to himself and just went out and pulled out the the wonder saves. I remember the the save that he'd made at I think it was at Parkhead, Van Hoidong, Um where the balls come across, yeah. and it's a volley that I. I don't know how it didn't nestle in the back of the net.
6: Yeah, Tosh McKinley cross and he hits it first time in a volley.
5: And the goalie manages to stick a strong <laughs> hand out and make a save. That you go, H- how does he do that? Uh, McGregor's got that as well.
1: And it's a season in which he hasn't been required as much as maybe recent seasons to produce. Well, he was, so out, men- was so out of men- the team for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, well, that's right. It was, it was, uh, he was, it was back and forth between him and John McLaughlin, yeah, wasn't uh- it? Yeah, um, so, but but in in you know in, in others you know you just can remember so many big Alan McGregor saves when Rangers needed him most, but because they've defended so well this season in front of him, uh, you know he hasn't been yeah. required so much. But when you need him. He's there to, to effectively win the game for Rangers.
6: That that is the the, the sign of a, a top goalkeeper, and I, I think you could you could argue it's it's probably more difficult to keep goal for the two old firm clubs than any other club because there are long periods in games where they they're not active, they're not involved, yeah. And it's that ability not just to have the physical attributes to make saves, but to have the mental strength to stay focused and be ready when that chance uh, comes. Davy, how do you feel about Celtic in Dubai? Um. As a health issue, I, I don't really have a great problem with it, Rob, because Celtic would have to show that they all tested negatively upon arriving in Dubai. Um, they're in their own they're, they're in their own bubble and I think they're probably safer sitting together than they are going home to their missus, who's maybe been down at Tesco. Mm. where I would have a problem with Celtic going to Dubai is they, they could have had a couple of games played this week yeah you know they, they could have had they could have played last night. Could have played Saturday instead of moving it to Monday. And maybe, you know, had they had they taken six points from those two games ahead of Rangers' trip to Pataudry, they might have turned up just a little bit of psych- psychological heat on Rangers. Yeah,
5: yeah. yeah I think that's a, that's a really good point. I'm the same. I don't have any issues with Celtic going to, to Dubai. And, uh, you know, business is, is open. That's a corridor that's open for you to, to to go in and go out of. For the players to have a little bit of sun on their back and also, uh, you know, train at a, at, a, at a level where... You know, you've got pitches here that are frozen and, and your, your training can be uh, impacted yeah. as well. The safety, like it says, the testing that, that's been done now and, and the bubble that they'll have, uh, no issues. Or, or For me, I'm not an expert, obviously, on the COVID, but uh, personally, there no issues there because people are, people are able to travel. But you raise a very, very good point, Dave, in terms of potentially they could have played uh, some of the catch-up games, yeah. which which... They, you know, they, if they can go, and, if they played those games, and win, all of a sudden the, that that lead yeah. doesn't doesn't sound as bad as and what it could it, be twenty instead.
6: it could be twenty two yeah. on Sunday evening, and yeah. on the
5: back of good performances, Celtic have performed really, really well. Say the last the last month, um, you keep that momentum going, um, so that could have been also a very, very good thing for for Celtic, but that's not happened.
1: It would have also sent out a message of bring it on. Yeah. We, we, we haven't given up on this Keep, Get those games to us as quickly as possible We're going to eat them up We're going to eat up yeah, that
6: gap Particularly when Celtic played as well as they did at Ibrox yeah. You know, hugely disappointing obviously to lose the game But I would have thought Neil Lennon would have been thinking We've played really well today Let's, let's play Wednesday again Let's play Saturday and, and try and eat into this lead Because the, the team looks as if it's in good nick Yep, they really need
1: to get on a winning run, um, don't they Craig? And, and then just hope, just hope that, that Rangers games, and Rangers do have some challenging games coming up, don't they? Because they're, they're at Pataudry on Sunday, yep. they're away to Hibbs the, this to. month as well, and there's a third away game, there's, there's a home, home game against Ross County, and then they're away to Fir Park to yeah. play Motherwell, who may, will by then have a new manager and might just have some sort of bounce going on.
5: Yeah, no. Look, it's a it's a it's a tough it's a tough schedule. Some important games there to to you know the away games are always tough um, and very important that they can they can bounce out um, and and continue to kind of get those results. Look, Rangers have probably not been at their best in the last few games, but as we've touched on, have still been able to to, to take maximum points. Uh, it's impossible to go through a whole season and, and perform at a top top level. So there there has been a slight. Dip in performances, but they've still been able to to get the results. So, look, that's 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 been the the part where they've been really really professional. Have managed to keep the door closed on Celtic making any ground. So
6: you're not giving you're not giving Celtic any encouragement, and that's very very tough. Do, do you think Craig, you know, given the way that Rangers over the last two winters yep. collapsed in the in the running, do you think Steven Gerrard can trust this squad implicitly now, or do you think there's Small seeds of doubt in his mind that it could happen again?
5: It's I th- a good question. I think that and there still must be a, a, a
6: small doubt. Because, because most of the players who collapsed last season are still there they're still, and involved. They're,
5: they're still there and we touched on those games. There's still, there's still games to be won and they still need to prove themselves. I mean, the, the last couple of seasons obviously were, were a disaster when they did come back. Um, at the same time, Dave, you'd like to think um, that year on... You know, yeah, you you can't keep making the same mistakes. You wouldn't think so. You, so, would you? you wouldn't. You wouldn't yeah. think so. So I think that um, you know what, what Rangers can do moving on now from the back end of the season. I, I don't think we'll see the same kind of slip up.
1: What do you think? Is there any way back for Celtic in the title race? Is there a title race? Our Rangers home and hosed? 0808 17, 17 is the phone number. Text go on your message to 87474. On the socials, it's at GoFootballShow. we are be touching on all sorts of other football subjects as well, including the news that Eamon Brophy is leaving Kilmarnock to sign a pre-contract contract deal with St Mirren who apparently have beaten some pretty tough opposition to to land his signature the likes of Hibbs and Aberdeen uh, were in for the player as well and how that story's moved on today is that uh, Alex Dyer um, is saying that he won't play again for Kilmarnock, Eamon Brophy. So it's a, it's a deal that's meant to kick in, Davy. Obviously in the summer, it's a pre-contract arrangement, but it's beginning to sound now, and maybe it, it won't let maybe him play. maybe not surprisingly. No, I think I think what he's what he's saying is that. Um, Brophy doesn't want to be here by, by, by signing the deal Alex Dyer's take and maybe he's spoken to him of course maybe that's a, a, it's been a direct communication between the two but Alex Dyer's take on it uh, I'll, and if I'll read you the quotes he wants to leave he wants to go said Alex Dyer it would be better for him if he goes that's what he wants to do I told him it's not up to me now but the two clubs once they figure out the best way to go I can react if he's here I'll use him in training but probably not the games because he doesn't want to be here it's as simple as that.
6: Yeah. Well, you, you, would, you would hope that um, Tony Fitzpatrick and Billy Bowie could work something out. Yeah. Because it's to everyone's advantage yeah. now to move on. Come yeah. on, I don't want to be paying a player and have a player on the, the, the wage bill that doesn't want to be there. Alec Dyer clearly doesn't want him at the club. And St Myrne could certainly do with him. Do yeah. you like Brophy? Yeah, I do. I mean, at 24 years of age, and no disrespect to St Myrne because I'm delighted to see Jim Goodwin doing such a, a, a good job at the moment. I thought Brophy could have got a bigger club.
1: Mm.
6: You know, well, the, very fact, oh, so the
1: actually, very fact that Hibs and Aberdeen were interested.
5: Well, yeah, and, and so you've, got to, you've actually got to praise St. Mirren because obviously. Big time, yeah. You know, yeah. the way that they've gone about this to get a player that you wouldn't normally expect to, 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 to go to St. Mirren, no disrespect, yeah. but that's, that's great business for, for St. Mirren. I, I find the situation really, really strange that there's not a mutual termination that's already taken place then. Um, you know, because you can have one player that they're saying that doesn't want to be at the football club. Uh, and all of a sudden he's, he's, he's going in on a day-to-day basis with no uh, purpose, nothing to, to aim yeah. for at the end of the week. That can be poison and that can rip through a dressing room very, very quickly. So I'm surprised they've not come up with a better solution I, or that there still might be one.
6: I, I've, I've never agreed with pre-contracts in January anyway, Rob. Huh. I, I don't understand how a player can sign for another club and still have his heart and soul yeah. for the club he is playing for at the moment. Yeah. And I think our guest, Gary Caldwell, found himself in that situation when he had agreed a pre-contract with, uh, with, with Celtic. But I, I don't know how players can do it. Yeah, especially when the two clubs potentially are competing. They could be Playing competing in the
1: relegation area, ah.
6: or they could be competing to end up in the top six yeah.
1: come, come the,
6: the end of the season. I, I, t- I take you back to Hamden, I think it was '89. Charlie Nicholas taking a penalty in the cup final against Celtic. He was joining Celtic <laughs> after that game. I knew if he scored the penalty, he was putting Celtic out of Europe. And I I don't think a player should ever be in that kind of dilemma.
1: Yeah. The other story that's, uh, that's brewing at the moment Well there are plenty of them But uh, one other story in Scottish football of course is the, is the situation vacant at Motherwell With Stephen Robinson having quit as manager And the interviewing process I think it's pretty well advanced now They, they want somebody in place Craig For, for the game on, on, on Saturday So I, I, we, I, I would imagine we might hear tonight or tomorrow About who the, the Motherwell manager is going to be I mean Tommy Wright's on the shortlist And I guess he's, he's most people's best guess Of how they solve this one
5: well, I've seen I've seen a few names. I think Derek Adams was another name that yeah. I'd seen thrown, thrown in the mix there. Obviously, you've, you know, you've got Tommy Wright. Uh, Alan Burrows will be working extremely hard to, to try and make sure that uh, the club are in a position um, to get the best man to, to take the club forward. They're in a, a real spot of bother at the moment um, and, and certainly need to be able to turn things around very, very quickly to, to finish the season and start climbing the ladder. Let's not forget uh, Keith Leslie. Obviously, he's also put his hand up yeah. for, for the job. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm still seeing Keith
1: Lasley's face on the on the TV screen on the back of uh, the Lanarkshire Derby defeat at the weekend, where he looked as if he'd seen a ghost yeah, um, yeah. because his team had patently failed to deliver, yeah. and he would have thought that was a given—a a guy who's worked with those players for a long time.
5: Yeah, well, well, that's right. And look, the, the the thing is, and this is this is a tough situation for Motherwell because if Lasley doesn't get the job, does he then? And is he comfortable then working with, with potentially a new manager that comes in and all that sort of stuff? So, look, there's still, there's still a bit to play out. Motherwell definitely didn't want to get their business done and get it done sooner rather than later. Who that's going to be um, is very, very interesting to me because always when there's jobs available in Scotland, I, I hear the same names. You hear the same yeah. names kicking about. Yeah. Um, you've got to be brave to go left field. Whether or not Motherwell are, are brave enough to go left field, uh, time will tell.
1: And the finger of accusation is being pointed towards a lot of those players, Davey, um, who both Stephen Robinson, before he went, and Keith Lansley after that game at the weekend, are, are telling us they're not delivering. Yeah,
6: well Stephen Robinson didn't go quietly, did he? He had his say. He obviously knew he was going and decided to, to point a finger, uh, without naming names, but clearly those that uh, he was referring to uh, anonymously knew who mm. who he was referring to. And the the problem is if you have a dressing room like that and the players aren't together, they're, they're not giving it every ounce, you're, you're going to struggle to get My results. Chance. You, you've got to be together. That, and that's the one thing Brian Rice's Hamilton have got. Yeah. They've got a real togetherness. You know, they, they give every ounce for, for each other.
1: And they know the relegation landscape.
6: Oh, I don't, I don't know how they do it. <laughs> um, the
1: Houdini of Scottish football yeah. keep on doing it. Maybe five seasons now, they've been deep down there and they have managed to escape. Davey mentioned Gary Caldwell and the former Celtic and Scotland defender will be with us up next.
3: The Goal Radio Football Show. Let's go.
1: We do love talking football on this show we do it Monday to Friday 5 till 7, hopefully you're enjoying it and you can be a part of it as well we like nothing better than you joining us on the show, it's all very straightforward 0808 17, 17 700 you can text GO a new message to 874 74 on the socials at GOFootball show, uh, some breaking news with us and it comes uh, via the former Celtic manager Brendan Rogers who says that a return to his old club, Celtic, is a possibility for his player, Philip Benkovic. He was at Celtic before, of course, um, had a pretty successful uh, spell uh, with the side. That was in 2018 19. Um, he was hampered by injuries uh, during his time here, but he did make 27 appearances uh, throughout that year. Uh, he returned to Leicester, reunited with Rodgers. Uh, he failed to break into the Leicester starting eleven, and uh, he spent time on loan at Bristol City and uh, Cardiff. His loan spell uh, with Cardiff was due to last till the end of the season, that was cut short. And now the uh, 23-year-old Benkovic could be on the move again. He could be coming back to Celtic. Like the sound of that? Day.
6: Maybe. I think it would make perfect sense for Celtic, given that uh, Christopher Julian is, is likely to be out for some time. That has been the problem position for Celtic, and it, you know to to see Celtic play at the weekend in such an important game with a central midfield player playing at the back for them. You know, given the budget and, and the resources that Celtic have, there's something not right about that. I, yeah, if you're asking me about Benkovic, uh, if you're Neil Lennon, you take him in a minute. Was uh, that one big reason for a big moment in the match on Saturday
1: the fact that uh, a player who's played most of his football as a midfielder is playing at center back for Celtic near Beton and instinctively made the wrong call?
5: Well, we we'll was speak in a little bit off this uh, Davy uh, offline um, and the, the thing with Beton where he gets caught is he's got to be marking on the outside of Morelos um, and if he's defensively in the right position there. Then he's not in a situation where there becomes a battle, and Morelos is able to get his body across him. Um, so his starting position wasn't correct. Um, he's obviously a central midfielder that's, that's trying to do a job as a as a centre half, which is also a, a challenge. Uh, personally, I don't think it was a it was a red card, Rob. Um, you know, I thought that. Uh, Did you think Ayer was getting across? No, no, Ayer was definitely getting back into a position. And for me, Morelos still had to do so much to for it to be a, a, a goal-scoring opportunity. There was still a lot of work to he be done. He was going to get
1: a shot away, though, wasn't he?
5: OK, getting a yeah. shot away and scoring, uh, completely yeah. completely different. I thought, look, I, I heard Neil Lennon after the game and I, I, I heard his frustration and, and every single manager of every single team would have that same argument uh, in the same situation. I thought it was a harsh
6: um, a harsh, harsh sending-off. David, Yeah, I thought it was harsh. Um, I, I said it at the weekend. I, I think it was a dubious red card. And I think it all comes down to the definition of an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. I've no doubt Morelos is going to get a shot away, Rob, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a shot from an angle at some distance. Is that an obvious goal-scoring yeah. opportunity? It might be. It might not. be. It's it one of those way. great areas, isn't it? I yeah, suppose. I, I don't think Ayers getting across. Let's let's put that one to bed. Yeah, and it, it
5: he's about twenty I, yards. I maybe, he, doesn't, yeah? he doesn't actually need to come across, right? Because the angle that Morelos is at, he's still he's going to he's going to slowly start to to come across. But the angle, as you touch on there, that's it's a t- tough angle to try and. Uh, score a goal anyway. There's still a lot, in my opinion, that mm. that would need to be done. It's because it was a grab, right? Yeah. So yeah. that that's a professional foul. If it was a genuine tackle attempt and he misses a ball um, and he gets a player, it's a yellow card. But because it's the grab, the referee is is obviously gone with the with a straight red card. I, I, like I said, I felt it was probably the um, the wrong decision. I thought it, it was a yellow card.
1: Let's talk to the former Celtic and Scotland defender Gary Caldwell. Hi, Gary.
4: Hi, Rob. How are you doing? Very well. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. Are you coping? Um, yeah, homeschooling's uh, very, <laughs> difficult. Very, <laughs> very difficult. Very, very difficult. But alcohol helps. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, absolutely. I think we would all sign up for that one. Uh, def- <laughs> definitely. Um, does, does near Beton? we were just talking about Nier does could he do with some homeschooling and the art of defending? Um, what? How did you view that, that red card on Saturday?
4: Look, it wasn't great. I think, I think every defender's ended up in that position where where you're wrong side. I, I felt like Ayer could have helped him uh, a lot more by moving with the ball and, and providing a better cover position. Which, if he does, then then it becomes a, a yellow card. So I have a little bit of sympathy w- with him, uh, and I think his defensive partner could could have helped him out a bit as well.
1: And how did you feel about the the result? And the the outcome and what it means.
4: Yeah, I, f- I thought Celtic were excellent in the game in terms of performance, and it's it's the best uh, Old Firm performance they've had in a long time. But ultimately, they lost a game that that was very important. They they didn't lose, but uh, I've I've said it before: there is still a long way to go in terms of games and, and points. They are a, a very long way back and it, and it would take a, a big fall from, from Rangers for them to claw it back. But I've been there myself with, with seven games to go, seven points behind, uh, and, and the manager set us a challenge. He said, we need to win every single game. Two of them were, were old forum games and we did it and won the league. So uh, that, that seemed an insurmountable challenge at that time, but we managed to do it. So uh, nothing is impossible in football.
1: It's not finished then as far as you're concerned?
4: I don't think so no I think Rangers are, are massive favourites and it would take a, like I said a, a, a huge drop uh, in form and, and in results but last season they, they had a, a, you know an advantage over Celtic a very small one uh, but but they failed miserably after, after Christmas so they still have to answer a, a question in that regard and I think the, the gap is, is probably allowing them to do that under less pressure than they were last year so that might make it easier but uh, I think Celtic have to come back and, and show the form they showed last season and, and see where that takes them. We were just talking about Philip Binkovic
1: there. Uh, Brendan Rodgers is saying today that it's a possibility that he could go back to Celtic for a second loan spell. Is that a deal if you were Celtic that you would do?
4: Yeah, I think centre-half has been the position that, that they've struggled in this season. Duffy has come in and, and hasn't really uh, hit the form that everyone expected he would Uh, for for probably a number of different reasons Uh, and it's a position that you you need stability, you need uh, reliable players in that position uh, to to provide the team with the confidence to to go and attack and and Celtic haven't had that so it's it's an area that I think they they could do with strength and I think that Benkovic would, would provide that
1: I've got Davy Proven and, and Craig Moore with me in the studio, Gary. And, and Davy, it's, it's an interesting time. It's a really intriguing time, I think, for Celtic about, about what, their, what their plans are, both short-term and long-term. I mean, uh, Dermot Desmond has said it's Neil Lennon for the rest of the season. Will it be Neil Lennon next season? And how important is that in terms of recruitment? Because, you know, if you're talking about, well, you're talking about Benkovic, Celtic need a central defender. That's fairly obvious in the short-term but there, there, there is this, there's a quick fix argument and there's the long term rebuild.
6: Yeah, and I, I I don't think January is a good time to be looking at uh, a, a rebuild. Uh, I, I, don't th- I don't expect Celtic to spend serious money over the next month, Rob. Uh, I think Dermot Desmond would look upon the league as having more or less gone. And he will leave any recruitment to Nicky Hammond, but I, I do think Nicky Hammond will be looking already to the summer window. And probably a a rebuild then. Uh, I I don't think it's a a good idea to build from a a position of weakness because clubs uh, are going to shaft you for prices for a start. Uh, And, uh, you know, between now and the end of the season, he has to make a decision on Neil Lennon. First and foremost, though, uh, Nicky Hammond, I think, will be given the job of of identifying players for the next window in the summer who, who can provide a proper challenge to Rangers, who I expect to be champions.
1: Recruitment is such a, a massive word, Gary, isn't it, uh, f- in football uh, these days? Uh, and and recently it just hasn't come off for Celtic and every every dart Rangers have uh, thrown at the board seems to have hit the bullseye.
4: No, it's a massive thing uh, for any manager to, to get right. And I, I think it's sometimes unfair on managers because there is teams behind the manager that, you know, do the, the due diligence and, and you know scout the players and, and put the players forward. The manager can't do everything, uh, but Celtic ultimately haven't got theirs right uh, the last few windows. I think, as Davy said, January is, is a really difficult window to, to rebuild. The you know the the market isn't great in terms of the, the the teams know you're you're desperate and if you're looking for something, the prices do go up. So I think Celtic will be cautious. They will try and get the best players they can, but at a price that's affordable. And in terms of rebuilding or or restructuring, that that will wait until the summer uh, and we find out what what way the league title is going.
6: If, if you're Dermot Desmond, Gary, do do you do you stick with Neil Lennon beyond the, the the summer, or is it totally dependent on what happens between now and the end of the season?
4: I think you stick with a manager if you believe in his uh, in his ways and his style of play and the way he coaches. And only Dermot Desmond and the people inside Celtic will, will know that about Neil Lennon. If ultimately he doesn't win the league, but they still believe that, that what he's doing is right and they are, they are building something, or they need to rebuild a squad that was probably, you know, getting to the end of of its kind of period of success. Uh, and only they will know that question. I think just to say, oh, just because he's lost the league, we have to sack the manager. I don't believe in that. Uh, I believe it, it has to go deeper than that. You have to see what the manager is doing, see what he's trying to implement throughout the squad. And if you believe in that, then you stick with him. If you don't and you want to go a different route, then that is the time for change.
5: Yeah, uh, Gary, it's Craig Moore. How are you, mate? Hi, uh, how are you doing? Yeah, good. I kind of, th- i probably got a, Different train of thought on on the Neil Lennon situation. Like I, whether whether Celtic were going to win ten a row this season or or, or or not, I just believe that after this season that Neil Lennon was probably going to be uh, looking for uh, um, a fresh opportunity. Uh, I, I don't believe that it will be at, at Celtic. I, I, there comes a time, uh, I think, at every football club when. There needs to be a rebuild. I mean, you're right, January's not a very strong window to, to rebuild and the position that Celtic are in, it makes no sense whatsoever to get too heavily involved in any kind of business unless it's plugging a gap, you know, uh, in the centre of defence, which, which is an issue. But for me, I mean, I'm interested to know what your thoughts are because we're talking defensively as being defenders, but I actually think that Celtic haven't been good enough in both boxes. Um, so defensively we know that they've had issues and they've probably not been able to get a stable back four or five, or there's been changes as you know, but also up top there, there's there's not been that um, ruthlessness in front of goal that you normally see from Celtic they've not really uh, found the, the, the right players, whether it's one up top whether it's two up top, and also the issue of goalkeeper um, so I'd be interested to know what your thoughts are on that
4: Yeah, I, th- I think Edward is, uh, um, obviously Neil Lennon had the the rant earlier in the season about players wanting away, I don't know if he was one of these those players, but he is a, a player that potentially will be linked with, with clubs abroad or, or down in England, and and his form has faltered a little bit because I think he's a fantastic football player yeah. and, and at his best has, has scored goals for fun in Scotland, and so that has probably disrupted things. Lee Griffiths has, has been in and out in terms of fitness, he is a, a brilliant goal scorer as well, so they have had a little bit of disruption up there as uh, up top as well and I think you know as well as I do a, a great goalkeeper can make such a difference to, to how you defend, the confidence you have mm-hmm. and, and when you're playing and Celtic having that problem this year has only added to, to their worries as well so uh, all, all these things have, have culminated in a, in a disappointing season and Uh, that has to be looked at right throughout the club, in my opinion. You can't just point the finger at Neil Lennon and say he's at fault for everything. The club have to look right throughout and and say, where have we made these mistakes along the way that have stopped us uh, achieving the target of 10 in a row?
1: And the contrast in keepers has probably never been uh, more apparent than it was at the weekend, where uh, Alan McGregor pulls off a couple of world-class stops um, and at the other end, I mean, you might say that Vasilis Barkas couldn't have done anything about the deflection in off Callum McGregor, but the Celtic fans would probably say, Gary, well, we're still waiting to see this guy four and a half, five million pounds worth of him make a big save.
4: Yeah, it's, it's not just big saves though. When, when you play in front of a goalie, a, a top goalkeeper, you know he's there. He has a presence After Boric when I was at Celtic had an unbelievable presence and then when he's called upon makes big saves when I played for Scotland with Griegse with uh, David Marshall with Craig Gordon three brilliant goalkeepers they had that presence but they, they were there to make big saves at big moments which get, gives the team confidence and you know people spend a lot of money on strikers because ultimately you score your goals win your games but I believe that goalkeepers are just as important because of what what they bring to the team and Alan McGregor proved it uh, at the weekend how strong his performance was uh, affected the result because it, it definitely got Rangers the win in the end.
1: So what do you do you see happening then at the end of the season? Is it is it is that the end of Neil Lennon as manager do you think?
4: Like I said, I don't know what what goes on inside, <laughs> in, inside the club. And and I think Craig made a good point. Neil Lennon might choose to, to leave at the yeah. end of the season and, and think. Because, I mean, I, I've played for Celtic. Craig's played for Rangers. Davies played for Celtic. It, it is difficult. It is hard. It takes a lot out of you. To manage the club must be even worse. Because it's 24-7. And the emotional strain that puts on you it might be he turns around and says, you know, I've had enough of this. So uh, I think what we have to say is that there's a lot of games to play. Celtic need to give everything they can to keep winning football matches and put as much pressure as they can on Rangers and see where that takes them. And then at the end of the season, there's there's big decisions for a lot of parties uh, within the football club.
1: Gary, good to hear from you. Uh, we'll let you get back to the homeschooling and get back into that cocktail cabinet as well, which is <laughs> which is uh, which you have to which has to go along with it really uh, to get that you is. through. But uh, all That's the best to you, and uh, we will speak to you soon, Gary. Take care. Thanks
4: a lot, Rob. Cheers, yeah. Gary.
1: Cheers. Good to talk to Gary Caldwell before the break. Feeling the pressure of parenting. That's real pressure. Uh, Looking to get back into football, though, as soon as he can. Uh, Lots of experience in both playing and management as we edge towards another Premiership Football Weekend. Three games Saturday, two on Sunday, one on Monday night. Dundee United, St Johnston, Killy Hamilton on Saturday, plus St Mirren against Motherwell, who presumably will have a new manager in place uh, by then. Uh, I wonder if uh, Jim Goodwin will have Eamon Brophy available by then. Uh, His days at Kilmarnock are clearly over. Livingston against Rawlins County was Saturday. It's now been moved to Sunday. uh, Already uh, on Sunday a massive match at Pataudri Aberdeen uh, feeling they're due a performance against Rangers this season they play Steven Gerrard's team at Pataudri three o'clock and of course Celtic uh, back from Dubai to play Hibs on Monday night, that is a 7.45 kickoff. The Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Rob McLean here, Davy e. Proven in the studio as well, and uh, Craig Moore. And we're joined by Stuart Lovell now, the former Hibbs and Livingston, Queen of the South, Reading, couple of caps for Australia, two Australians on the show. Stuart, I'm not sure if this is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> good evening, how are you? Did your did your paths cross at all at, your, at international level? Did you did you did your path cross with with Oz here?
2: Well, Craig's uh, international career was a lot longer than mine. Um, <laughs> I'm pleased to say for him, and, and sadly for me. So um, I think that uh, I mean listen. I, I had numerous times where I was I was kind of meant to join European training camps back when I was playing with Reading. Yeah. And um, I was a bit unlucky with with kind of two injuries. Um, I wasn't really injury prone back then, but uh, unluckily for me, it didn't work out. And then when I got a call up when I was playing at Hibs, Craig was injured, so I didn't yeah. think...
5: had uh, a bit of that as well. That was it must have been early two thousands, sure.
2: Yeah, so I obviously the 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 time I joined the the, the guys was actually in a um, it was a tournament in the Middle East. We went over to Dubai to play a couple of games. Uh, back in yeah yeah <laughs> we well I, I don't think anyone objected us to, to us going at that point it was all um, it was all a green flag situation but we yeah we played over there in November 2000 uh, and had a couple of games against the likes of Kuwait and South Korea South Korea actually played them less than two years before they got to the semi-finals of the World Cup yeah. so. Um, and, and uh, you'll obviously have played under Frank Farina a lot more than I did. Frank was more than happy to encourage the boys to have a night out. And oh, I loved it. Play, he loved play, it. We played against South Korea with a hangover, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll, you'll not be surprised to learn that we were tuned up at half time and got battered in the second half and lost four-two. Oh. Um, that was my that was my overriding memory, and my last that was my last involvement. But it was um, it was a memory I'll never forget. It was it was very proud, but it was also quite chastening for me to <laughs> to actually. I think it was it was part g debut or certainly early days for for South Korea. And, And I remember just thinking, wow, you know they could they could do something. I didn't think they'd get to the semi-final of the World Cup, but they were they were very impressive and incredibly fit, which um, which we were neither. <laughs>
1: oh, Stuart, uh, good to have you on the show. Um, a lot of your best work was done with a hangover, I, I seem to remember. <laughs> um, I, I'm keen to talk to you about your your new appointment with Street Soccer Scotland, but also with your old PFA Scotland hat on as well. I mean, this is um, an incredibly stressful month, isn't it for for players?
4: Yes, it
2: is. Yeah, I mean uh, obviously I'm I'm very pleased to have joined um Street Soccer Scotland um before Christmas, you know, just just not long in the job, um, you know, barely a couple of months, but uh loving the role, love the organisation. Um I think anyone who's had involvement with Street Soccer Scotland will know that they work with people from um socially deprived backgrounds, so You know, really, we don't like to put a label on on people that we work with, but it's 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 basically a lot of people, not not just kids, but mainly adults who've gone through a very difficult time, have had a lot of issues with trauma, people who have had issues in the past with with homelessness, for example, with mental health issues, long term unemployment, people with addictions. Um, you know, groups of people from different parts of the world, you know, again, a term that I've used just recently, learned recently, Rob, um, whereas, you know, people would usually call them refugees, but someone from Sterling gave me a great term recently and called them New Scots. <laughs> people that yeah. come over and i loved it it's such yeah. a positive yeah way of reflecting someone instead of calling someone a refugee which does have a bit of a negative connotation you come someone who's come to live in the country and you call them a new Scot, and i thought it was fabulous so that's my mm. that's my new term for for 2021
1: yeah good but i mean street soccer scott i mean it's such a it's it's made such a big impact but obviously everything on hold at the moment and uh, and it, it just it, it's just playing with people's heads isn't it really uh people unable Correct. to get out and let off steam.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. And, and, and obviously the, you know, the difficulties that um, I think everyone is experiencing at the moment, you know, but the but particularly um, for, for people who've got, you know, come from difficult backgrounds and, and it's that sense of isolation, which, um, you know, if you don't have friends and family to to meet up with and speak to, et cetera, it's incredibly difficult. And this is, you know, this time of year is when it's cold and and you know, and it's difficult that, you know, there's not an awful lot of daylight around. It it is a difficult time. I mean, it really tests everyone's mental health, but certainly, you know, the people that we work with, I mean, you know, I've been going with the guys for a few months now and and getting out to a lot of the programs. I've seen them in, in, you know, a lot of the programs in Townhead, in Glasgow, a lot of stuff going on to the the Power League sites in in Edinburgh. You know, we've got hubs in in Aberdeen and Dundee, so there's stuff going on all around Scotland, Um, but my role is to try and help grow street soccer outside of the, the main cities you know into outlying areas um, and obviously at the moment Rob that's proving to be incredibly difficult because we have to respect the restrictions that we're all working under so I've got a few irons in the fire and a few ideas that I'm very keen to you know to kind of explore in 2021 but um, until such time as we can actually um, you know get out and, and, and put sessions on again it's going to prove to be quite tricky.
6: Stuart, Stuart, where where, do, where does the funding come from? Because obviously, equipment and pitches uh, and things like that don't come cheaply.
2: No, that's correct. So, I mean, one of the things I, I must tip my hat to, you know, the CEO David Duke. You know, who's also the founder of Street Soccer Scotland, and and David is fantastic at being able to, um, you know, tie in with with um, you know companies who want to provide help. You know. Corporate governance, I suppose you would call it. But we, we've got a great relationship with Power League, you know, who um, are incredibly helpful at giving us access to, um, you know, free access to the pitches in, in Glasgow and also in Edinburgh. And then it's just a case, to be honest, it's just a case of going round to other people. If you're if you're going round to places in Aberdeen or Dundee, you're, you're basically going with your begging bowl just to say, yeah. you know, look, we're coming to your pitch when it's not being used in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. Would you have any objections to, for us to be able to use the pitch to put on a football program, a drop-in session once a week, and effectively that's that's the watchword really for street soccer Scotland is that every session it's free football. You know, not, any player that comes along to a session, you're not you're not expecting them to put their hand in their pocket. Why would you? You know, we're putting on free football programs, just an opportunity for guys who are having a difficult time to come along, have a kick about, just you know kind of get a little bit of exercise but also forget about a lot of the stuff that's been troubling them and also to share those problems with the coaches when they feel comfortable to do so
1: i mentioned Stuart that uh, obviously you worked previously with the pfa scotland and i imagine that there'll be a lot of links uh, between what you were doing then and what you're going to be doing now and i imagine the pfa will be involved at the moment uh, with dundee united just the latest club i guess to have players who have agreed to take wage cuts uh, to help the club through the, the pandemic. Uh, they began talks about cost-cutting back in October with owner Mark Ogren saying everything is on the table apart from redundancies. And after manager Mickey Mellon and his staff agreed a reduction, all the players have now followed suit.
2: Yeah, which is no great surprise. I mean, I think uh, we are living in extraordinary times and I think that um, you know players recognise that you know they are custodians of the club, uh, and uh, you know the, Dundee United, for example, is a club that's been around for well over 100 years. And the players, you know, have to have, to, and I sh- clearly they do. They want the club to be around, for, you know, for, for long after they've left. Yeah. So, you know, it's good to see there's an appreciation of um, you know the difficulties that clubs are in financial um, situation, which is you know quite tricky to negotiate at the moment, but. If you have open dialogue, which I think Dundee United have clearly done, and obviously the manager and his coaching staff have, have set the example, then it was always pretty likely, I think, that the players would follow.
6: Do, do they really have a choice, though, um, Stuart? Because, you know, going back to the Hart situation, I think Anne Budd said that she could invoke a clause that is in footballers' contracts that she could effectively cancel their contract if they refuse to take a cut.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I thought that was very poorly handled. To be honest, Craig, I, I was really—I mean, obviously, I was away from PFA by that stage, so I, so I had no involvement whatsoever. But I, I thought it was really, really poorly handled um, by Hearts. You know, I, I, I didn't—I I, I didn't agree with the, the stance. It was basically an ultimatum, and it was holding a gun to the players' heads. Um, and obviously, we do know that the PFA were in there having conversations with the with the players, um, and and presumably. The players didn't feel that it was worth the risk to to challenge that clause. Um, I, I'm not so sure that that clause was put into that contract for for, for this purpose. Uh, I'm not really sure what purpose it was put in there for. But you know, the the clubs uh, and the, and the, and the, the lawyers who represent the clubs. Um, you know, I've always said this: that the you know standard SPFL contract is loaded in favour of the club, um, and by by that I mean any club. Uh, and and, and you, the point you make is absolutely correct, Craig, that, um, you know, do, do, the, do the players have much of a choice? I think that it, you want people to come on side, you know, with with open dialogue and conversation uh, in an agreement rather than, you know, railroading people into doing it. And that's where I think Dundee United appear to have handled the situation much better than Hearts did.
1: Stuart, good to talk to you as ever. And uh, we wish you well. Uh, in your work with uh, Street Soccer Scotland, and hopefully uh, you can get uh, bashed into that sooner rather than later.
2: Pleasure, Rob. Thanks very much. Cheers, good to speak good to you. luck, Stuart. All luck the best. Cheers, guys. And
1: uh, you too can join us on the show. The number you know it already 0808 17, 17 The
3: Goal Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Have your boiler serviced, replaced, or repaired this winter. Let's go.
0: Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. The Home Radio Football Show
4: with Rob McLean, Davy Provin and Craig Moore with OPC Energy Limited, the Renewable Energy Specialists. Call 0808-1717-700. Let's go!
1: yeah another hour of football chat on the way just before the news at six we spoke with uh, Stuart Lovell about his new project with uh, Street Soccer Scotland uh, what a good player he was as well fondly remembered for his time at Hibs um, and also at Livingston he was part of that Livingston side Davy, that won the, the League Cup uh, they became yeah. legends at that point well absolutely
6: Jim Leishman and Davey Hay in charge um, yeah. I think Davey yeah. manager was, was big Leish was he director of football I think or... he was <laughs> and chief yeah. poet uh, yeah. oh yeah yeah. Good Good days are terrific yep. for Livingston to, to be able to do that. And what
1: a spell they're having at the moment as well, uh, Livingston. They've won uh, seven straight games, Craig, with uh, Davey Martindale Funny. in charge now. And it's ni- nine out of ten. It's incredible.
5: It is an incredible uh, run that they've been on since Martindale's t- taken over. Um, and it just goes to show you, you know, if you can put um, a decent run of results, all of a sudden what they're in fifth Is it the fifth position where they're sitting now? Um, but I'm not taking
6: trick questions uh, until no, I can no, no, the league table. Nobody knows demo. what position uh, they're in until they sort the well, point. To, <laughs> well, that's true.
5: But, but it's been an incredible run when you look at uh, when, when Gary Hold obviously come away. Not that they were in a terrible, terrible position, but they were close yeah. to the bottom. But they've just gone on an unbelievable run. Um, and if you can put those kind of runs together, you put yourself in a really, really good position out with the old firm. The Go Radio
1: Football Show with Rob McLean, Davy Proven and Craig Moore. And uh, we can welcome to the show uh, right now Stuart Kettlewell, the former manager of Ross Candy. Hi Stuart.
3: Evening Rob, how are you doing, you OK? Yeah, I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I'm OK, I'm OK. Are you coping? A <laughs> bit of boredom set in, to be honest with you. Uh, once that Christmas New Year period's been out the way then... Uh, I don't think I've been very tolerable around the house, I think it's safe to say, so uh, probably getting a bit of itchy feet at the minute just to just to be back out and doing something, to be honest.
1: A festive spell that you weren't expecting uh, because we all know how all-consuming the, the football management job is and then suddenly in the in the flicking of a switch um, you've got a lot of time in your hands.
3: Yeah, I think that's, that, that's probably the challenges that uh, I've found in the last couple of days um, just in terms of... Uh, for many a year I've been up and involved in football on a full-time basis and obviously putting a heck of a lot into it you know um, sort of priding yourself and your work ethic and the hours you put in and all of a sudden that's not there so um, I've spoke to a lot of people within the game I've had, I've, I've been overwhelmed actually with the contacts I've had by a lot of people that have that's great. experienced similar things and and i think it's just uh, it's it is just that period that you you have to endure but i think it's just most important that you you stay positive and um and obviously have a look to see whatever else is out there very very challenging as we all know at this time during a, in the middle of a pandemic and and at the start of our, our latest lockdown so i'm perfectly aware of that but um no as i say i've got a i've got a young family i've, I've got a big family <laughs> so um, there's obviously bits and bobs around the house to keep me occupied for the hopefully for the
1: short term. Yeah, exactly. You want to get back in football, get back in school to, to relax when you when you're working at home <laughs> under those sort of pressures. But I mean it all happened so suddenly, didn't it? Three weeks ago on, on Saturday, the 2 the 0 home defeat at the hands of Hamilton. I mean when, when the final whistle went and and you walked walked back down the tunnel, what, what were you thinking? Did you think yourself that's it? Uh,
3: I, I certainly wasn't giving up. Uh, I, I can assure you that I, I wasn't at a stage where I was where I was going to give up. Um, I think it's been well documented my relationship with the with the chairman. So um, we've always been open and honest with each other. Um, and I addressed the players after the game and came back into the office and, and the chairman was there. So it, it was as simple as that. I think he found it exceptionally difficult, as I say, due to due to the relationship that we have. And, I'm not stupid either. I understand that that, that it's a results-based business. That's the old cliche. And and we know that, you know, if you're bottom end of the table, then you're running the risk of of this type of situation. So I'm I'm perfectly aware of that. Um, When you look back on it, it was was only a couple of weeks ago, you know, we were going to Parkhead and winning in the Cup as well. So. There's, there's, there's a number of different factors where you always believe that you can turn your fortunes around um and, and I don't want to make excuses i'm I don't believe I'm that guy I don't wish the the football club or anybody involved it's just it's done the makeup. um I've been there for a heck of a long time as you as you know yeah. yourself i have yeah. been there for eleven years or so as a player as a coach as a manager so it's probably where you find it hardest it's probably where it's it's pretty sore when you've you've been with a football club for as long as I have but Um, as I say I I wish no harm uh, there's certainly no ill feeling from my point of view Um, I'm I'm a a young guy in terms of uh, coaching managing Um, it's been a kind of whirlwind six years for me since I finished playing Uh, with the roles I've held and and everything that's happened a lot of success in there as well so um, there's plenty of positives to draw on and um, and, and I'm sure that that will set me in good stead going forward.
1: And Davey, I think it spoke volumes for Stuart that at the end of the Hamilton game and having had that chat with Roy McGregor in his office, he immediately came out and the, the post-match interview yeah. was, you know, that that's it, I'm finished. You I, know, I, and
6: faced up to it, squared up I, to I was, it. I was a bit gobsmacked when I heard that interview because it's, yeah. it's very rarely you, you'll, you'll certainly hear a, a departing manager being as candid as that. Mm. Um, and I've got to say it was a, a pretty impressive Uh, Interview, Stuart. Um, I I I just wonder, you know, how how difficult in your situation. How difficult is it to get back in at the sharp end? You know, you know, to get another club job. I mean, do do you have an agent putting your name in already? You know, how do how do you go about getting back in?
3: Uh, Firstly, thanks for uh, for saying that, David. I do appreciate it. It was a. It was a difficult thing to do, obviously straight after the game. Um, but it's, second of all, I think the answer to your question is simply: um, I've, I've never been a guy that's been uh, that's been shy of, of hard work. I, I think everything that I've i I've, I've I've been able to achieve in the game, or or to do, um, as latest, obviously being the manager, I've, I've had to work exceptionally hard to do. And uh, and I'm certainly not an egomaniac either. So I know a lot of people want to to be the main man and they want to hold a particular role and feel that many other roles are beneath them Um, I think it's safe to say I'm I'm, I'm not that guy I I, I love being involved in football I love coaching Um, my my grounding in coaching was working with young players and working in youth football development football and that quickly transitioned into working with first team players so um, as I say hopefully that, that gives me a Uh, a a number of opportunities. I'm not sure what they'll be, as I say, because it's such a challenging time. Um, I've also never been someone that's worked with agents. I've always kind of trusted in myself to to be able to speak on my own behalf. And and, and if I've done something well, then I always believe that somebody will will call you, somebody will chat your door and ask you a question. That might be wrong. I know the, the, the modern world that we live in and so much it's by telling yourself and putting yourself out there um, or or having somebody else do that for you it's just never been the way I've I've worked I'm very very old school and a lot of my thinking that way you know social media agents all that sort of stuff's always been something that's um, it's, it's not really been in my makeup it's not really something I've, I've used but uh, as I say maybe as time goes on I maybe need to redress that a wee bit in myself I don't I, I don't know I've, I've spent the last the last couple of weeks, obviously thinking about what's went well and and what hasn't. You know, I've, I've spoken to a, a lot of really really good people in the game, and everyone will tell you that that you, you have to evaluate yourself. You have to see um, where where most importantly where you fell down, where it where it didn't work, and, and how you would change it next time if you get an opportunity. Where where,
6: um, where, where do you where do you think it did fall down, though, uh, Stuart? Because it's a, it's a bit of a contradiction that you can put out a team that can go and beat Celtic. And yet, you know, week in, week out, they the, were coming up short in the in the league. Yeah, it's it's, it's a difficult
3: one uh, to, to to really put your finger on it. And as I say, I'm, I I see a lot of stuff now where everybody wants to point the finger and blame the players, and uh, certainly from a management point of view. And, and I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to blame the the, the the people around about the football club. I'll, I'll be big enough to take it in the in the chin myself. Um, but I, I genuinely think that it is, a, it is a difficult one because I believe that the players were 100% behind me. You know, I, I, I do think that uh, they were in my corner. I think we faced a number of challenges. Um, we had a, a multitude of injuries, which I know can happen at a football club, but um, I felt that that really, really stretches at times. Um, and, it, and we found that side of it challenging. Um, and and as you know Davey I think just that that winning mentality is just a a, a habit if we I believe by beating Celtic then that could start to generate a real confidence about the team and I suppose the chairman maybe looks at it and sees the next couple of league fixtures and and, and that didn't quite carry through so I understand that that side of it Um, but as I say I, I still believe with January coming up and I haven't identified a few signing targets uh, that I, I think would have made us stronger. Um, you know, Jason Naismith I see coming in and playing at fullback, who we'd already signed. We were just waiting for clearance in January to play him. Um, there, there's, a, there's maybe three or four guys that we'd identified. I think might might have been able to help us in the second part of the season, but. Ultimately, it's all ifs and buts. It's all um, what could have been. Um, I think just from my point of view, as I say, I do I do wish them all the best. As, as I say, when you've, you've done so much and been with a football club for so long, as, as you'll know yourself, then uh, it, it becomes very difficult to be bitter. You know, I, I genuinely hope that Ross County get out the position that they're in. Um, I hope John turns their, their fortunes round and, and, and the players go on and have a, a good second half of the season.
5: Stuart, um, that's Craig Moore. How are you? Um... Hey, Craig. Look, no, I'm really interested to hear um, your, your take on, on terms of um, you like to have your own conversations about potentially uh, what, you know, next opportunity may or, or may not look like. And, you know, managers like players, obviously, the way that you represented yourself coming out and, and, and doing that uh, chat, obviously, on, on your departure. So you, you represent your, yourself in a, in a really positive way. So uh, well done on that. Um, but today today in terms of you know, I kind of experienced it when I come out of football like you expect, not expect but you're thinking that your phone's going to ring and people are going to be, you know, what's happening, what you're doing or what about this or what about that and I realised very, very quickly it doesn't happen um, yep. that you're the one that's got to be making the calls you're the one that needs to be knocking on doors and, 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 and in football as you know, I I'm not telling you how to suck eggs, I mean it's, it's not about what you know, it's who you know in terms of being presented and, and being given potentially that opportunity, so I'm interested to know whether your thought proce- process on that will change
3: um, I, I, think, uh, I think it's a good question Craig, to be honest with you probably one that I can't answer right at this minute in time, you know um, if, if a couple of offers come my way in the, in the coming weeks then probably the answer's no, but um, if, if if that doesn't come and the phone does stop ringing and, you know, you have less contact with people in football, then um, you probably have to get up and, and, and see if you can change your change your fortunes, change what options might be out there for mm-hmm. you. But again, I'll stress it. I, I think um, it maybe goes against the grain, but um, even as manager, I was still taking training sessions. I was still taking sessions during the week um, with with thirteen and fourteen year old kids, and uh, uh, within our academy, that was a the bit that used to um, sometimes reinvigorate you. Um, yep. You know, yep. you might have had a bad day with with the first team guys you might not quite have seen what you wanted to and, and I love getting on the training pitch with, with, with some of the young kids my, my own son was part of the academy so um, I I love being involved in that side of it so again there is absolutely no fear um, from my point of view in saying that uh, potentially you, you know you drop down a level or two or um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you ended up Going and coaching some younger kids or, or whatever, I've, I've just heard uh, Stuart Lovell, who I know um, on the show um, before me, and he, you know talking about uh, the the, streets, the street street football soccer. and, yeah. and the street soccer and stuff like that. And yeah. um, like I say, sometimes. You might, you might need to take a step back to come forward again. So um, as far as I'm concerned, everything's on the table at the minute. And I'm not shoehorning myself into one particular aspect. I mm. love managing. I really enjoyed managing the first team at Ross County. Um, as I say, we, we achieved a promotion. We won a, a Challenge Cup. We kept the club in the Premier League last season, etc. So there was a lot, of, a lot of good success there and I thoroughly enjoyed all those moments. Um, but as I say I'm not going to rule anything out at this stage and um, I'd be more than happy to swallow my pride so to speak to, to go and coach wherever because as I say you guys will know that yourself but sometimes just to get on the pitch and uh, see that you're making a bit of a difference with some of the younger generation is is a brilliant feeling as well.
1: Sometimes the the change of manager it's, just a, it's almost just a, a new face, a new voice isn't it And and, it's, and it must be it must be painful for you, I mean, you obviously want the best for Ross County. I get that completely because you know you've been involved with the club for so long, Stuart. but uh, there must be something quite painful as well when it's plans you've put into place. you mentioned Jason Naismith and all sorts of other plans that you had for the transfer window and for moving on to the second half of the of the season, uh, and it's now John Hughes in place to drive those on.
3: Yeah, of course, Robert, I wanted to be the guy that was uh, that was leading that and, and obviously trying to take it forward and, and, and seeing if I could make a difference at, at Ross County, but it's not even that, probably bigger picture as well, you know, I look at the last lockdown and the work that myself, amongst others, at the football club went through to make sure that Ross County were the first team back um, uh, after the last, the last lockdown, you know, yeah. the first team back in pre-season training, that was a heck of a lot of work and... Um, a lot, of, a lot of thinking went into to the plan to get uh, the club back on the pitch, and, and even I look at it today, and hopefully touch wood, there's there's not been any uh, cases of of COVID within Ross County as well. So even look at the the amount of work that went in, and, and I think that managing a football club just now, I have to say, is is probably uh, massively different from what I experienced in the the two or three years before uh, this one, just in terms of how because I'm there's so much beyond baseball, football, yeah. Yeah, it's ma- massively before you even start to think about selecting your team or the, what you're going to do in the training pitch um, or bringing in a new player. There's there's umpteen different procedures that you have to go through, which which I totally get, and I know we all have to adhere to it. But um, I think that there's probably a wee bit of sympathy from me to, to many that are involved in managing just now, as in uh, the the amount of things you've got to go through before you actually look at the the football pitch itself, yeah. and um, it's just a it's it's just a sign of the times that we're in. And, I dare say that everybody that's been involved in it will come out the other end much, much stronger and much, much better. And we're, and we're, and we're probably
1: seeing that at the moment, aren't we? With the likes of Gary Holt and Stephen Robinson turning around and, and saying, "That's it, I, I can't, I can't take this any further forward." And you just wonder um, how much of that is the is the added the the added pressure uh, of what coronavirus and the pandemic has has brought to everybody and even things like in Stephen Robinson's case you know the 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 bizarre sort of adding and subtracting of points
3: yeah you know when when I when I'd uh, when I'd lost my job Stephen was one of the first guys to to contact me and wish me all the best um, I, I I think he's done an unbelievable job at Motherwell. I know it's not been as good a season this uh, this year, um, you look at the squad of players, and I think we've all said it at some point that um, that it's a strong group of players. I know Stephen's very very good at what he does. Um, I've I've been fortunate enough to have many conversations with him and pack his brain, and and I was a bit shocked, to be honest with you. Um, I messaged him just the other day just to wish him all the best. Yeah. Um, but I was I, w- I was genuinely shocked in the, in the sense that you do believe with the the personnel that it has there and. Uh, with the backing he, he, he's got at the football club and what they've achieved previously that, that they could certainly turn their fortunes around but again, maybe as you say Rob it's, it's possibly something that's lingering in the back of a lot of people's minds at the minute Gary Holt being another example as you mentioned that it's not just all down to football uh, as it sits just now and it's, um, there's certainly a lot of demands on managers as, uh, uh, as we sit just now because the pressures of keeping teams in the Premier League and, and, and trying to achieve top six finishes etc. Um, is magnified now, just due to the fact of uh, the finances, and you, you guys are mentioning the, the the Dundee United players taking pay cuts, and it, it's, it's just it's massive now. Everything genuinely is magnified, and yeah. and more so uh, to, in relation with the the pandemic, but also the finances and implications that it has gone forward for for football clubs.
1: Yeah, it's already a high pressure job, and, and it's just uh, the pressure has just been ramped up that uh, little bit more, maybe not a little bit more, uh, in the last nine months or so. Stuart, really good to talk to you. Um, you certainly represent yourself well, and uh, let's hope you get back in football before too much longer. Thanks
3: for having me on the show, guys. Thanks. Good, good luck Stuart Cheers mate Cheers, Stuart. Yeah good talking
1: to you Good luck to Stuart Kettlewell The former Ross County manager Sacked less than three weeks ago And it's only when he points out That uh, League Cup win at Celtic Park That was just a couple of weeks Previous to that How things can change In the mad mad world Of Scottish football 0808
3: 17, 17 700 The Goal Radio Football Show Let's go
1: Where the football chat tends to be pretty top drawer, to be perfectly honest. Good to hear from Stuart Kettlewell. They're a really interesting, um, intelligent guy and uh, surely he's going to bounce back quickly into the front line of football. He's still only 36 and he's got a fair old uh, amount of managerial experience under the bonnet. And uh, less than three weeks ago, sacked as the manager of Ross County, but uh, he will be back, I'm sure, before too much longer. Spoke earlier to Stuart Lund- Good chat with the former Livingston and Hibbs midfielder as well. And earlier on in the show, it was Gary Coldwell uh, talking Celtic and where they go from here. News reaching us uh, that it is understood that old phrase, it's understood that Graham Alexander is going to be appointed shortly as the new manager of Motherwell. Davey, what do you make of that?
6: Bit of a surprise, to be honest with you. You know, Tommy Wright. Uh, Clearly was the favourite Derek Adams had been mentioned Former Motherwell player of course And it's If not quite left field It's it's a little bit of a surprise to me
1: yeah Graham Alexander, just looking at the the details here because lots of you won 't know too much about him. I mean, I, we all remember him playing for Scotland in fact, he played forty yeah. he played forty times for oh, Scotland, yeah, which which is incredible uh, but he in terms of his playing career, it was all in England with uh, with Scunthorpe, then Luton Preston for a long time. Burnley he had a good long spell at Burnley as well a short spell back at Preston, then he became the the caretaker manager. Uh, with Preston North End then a, man, a management spell at Fleetwood Town Scunthorpe and most recently uh, Craigie was at Salford City
5: and that's where that's where I've seen him most recently I was I was channel surfing and I, and I managed to, to see a little bit of the, the, the class of 92 Salford and, and seen Graham Alexander there so yeah, no, very very interesting um, I'll tell you what he'll be able to he'll be able to teach his boys how to take penalties Davy uh, oh what
6: a record he has he's uh, had an record? unbelievable yeah.
5: record yeah, yeah of, of scoring penalties Um but yeah, no, like it's exciting for Motherwell, you know what that looks like. Does he come in with you know with another coach, or is he just coming in by himself? But Motherwell did want to get their business sorted out very, very quickly. They've done that, so you got to support him and, and see yeah. if he can turn that group around because you know that. When a new manager comes in you do normally get that, that, that little lift and, and, and spike of performances but then it's about being able to continually t- uh, grow because Motherwell um, you know fantastic season last season they've now got expectations about where they would like to be and it's a big job
6: You, you feel for Keith Lasley, Yeah First of all he hasn't been given a decent run at it you know the, the one game albeit a heavy defeat in the derby but you would have thought he might have got a decent run at it and He's probably sitting tonight wondering whether he has a future at the club because yeah. Graham Alexander will probably want to bring in his own backroom team.
1: Well, we don't know, do we?
6: And, and, and maybe there's a possibility, maybe, Davy, because
1: he's got very little experience of Scottish football that Keith Lasley so. is
6: exactly you, the guy he wants so. to have yeah, on board. That's, that's but, the but, point but, I'm trying to make. Yeah. I mean, it's such a cruel game. Um, you know, Stephen Robinson surprisingly goes and all of a sudden Keith Lasley could be away as well.
5: Yeah, yeah, no, and that's like I so said, you do need the that intel, yeah, like from what what's happened at a football club to to be able to pass that that information on potentially to a, to a new coach. But as you said, Davey, like normally coaches want to come in because they they want to bring people that they trust. Uh, and, yeah, very interesting times to see what's going to happen. But Leslie will be disappointed.
1: It's been a bit of a mystery this season, really, the form of Motherwell. I think we expected them to be operating up at the top end. We probably expected them, really, going into the season, Davy, to be vying with Aberdeen and Hibbs for that third spot. And as it turns out, they're scrapping against relegation. But they, they've no right, if you think about it,
6: to be up there nope. in the third spot. And achieved, problem yeah, is, they raised the bar. And become a victim of, of that expectation. Yeah, and that's yeah. what's happened to Stephen Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Victim of, of his own success. Yeah, I mean, two cup finals, third in the league, and, and he's out. Yeah. Well, I, I know he's gone of his own accord, yeah, but yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah,
5: and I think as well, look, we, we, with Stephen Robinson, obviously there, there was a lot of talk, you know, going back to the start of the season. Potentially he's been linked to, to a couple of moves. There's always Northern Ireland job, he Northern Northern for that. So I'm pretty sure, look, he's... He's been quite smart in terms of there'll be something around the corner for him. Uh, there has to be, and he'll be back into management very, very soon, I think.
1: But there is a lot of quality in that team and um, I guess a lot of players at the moment, Davey, will be looking in mirrors uh, and asking themselves, um, have we done enough this season? Clearly not.
6: Yeah, yeah. Um it's an awkward one because I think the lad Campbell, the under-21 international, yeah. I think his contract is up in the summer. That's right. So they're not going to get a transfer fee for him. He'll go. There's talk of Millwall, isn't there, I think, with yeah, him, maybe? De- Declan Gallagher is in a strange situation where if he plays another six games for Motherwell, it triggers an automatic one-year extension to his contract, mm-hmm. which he won't want. He'll want the, the option of leaving next summer on a free.
0: Yeah. Because
6: yeah. there's plenty of interest in uh, in De- Declan Gallagher after his Scotland performances. So Motherwell could be in a position where Declan Gallagher will not be playing at the real business end of the season when they could be in a relegation battle. Crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is crazy. (laughs) And they've got a tough one this weekend as well. Graham Alexander's first match in charge is in Paisley against St Mirren, who are a form team, no doubt about it. I'll
5: tell you what, they, they, they scrap for everything as well. They've got great energy. Um, they try to play football, which I like about St. Mirren. I think they they look to try and start to out and, and play their football, uh, and they they got a bit of a lift. They have got a bit of confidence and a bit of a swagger about the way that they're playing at the moment. They're having a good little run, so certainly um, very very tough get, first game to to come into um, for Motherwell.
1: Yeah, and who knows? Eamon Brophy could be lining up for <laughs> St. Mirren <Maryam laughs> by,
6: by by the weekend. You think it'll well, happen that quickly? I, I think it will. Yeah, I think well, it'll happen in the next yeah. few days. I mean. It, yeah. If Alec Dyer is saying it, effectively saying, it, "I don't want Eamon Brophy at the no, club," no. it makes sense, doesn't it? For for every party involved yeah. to get a deal done, Good, because that type of player
1: can be unsettling. So, somebody who's no, medically it, it doesn't want to be yeah. there anymore because yeah. he's, he's signed with somebody
6: else. You, you don't really want him around the dressing and, room. And Jim Goodwin, you know, is does he have a, a striker who could guarantee him double figures every season? No. Probably not. No. Mm. Uh, Eamon Brophy would get him ten a season, no no problem. You would think. Yeah, Even I mean, it's interesting, isn't it, that, that it hasn't worked out for him
1: ultimately at Kilmarnock, where of course he played under Stevie Clark. Uh, Stevie Clark seemed to get the best out yeah. of him. Picked him for P- Scotland. Picked him. Say, play- it was exactly. a name that's
5: been thrown out about in terms of outside of the 26, 27 people that you think are going to be there yeah. for Scotland in the Euros. He's yeah. 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 a name yeah. that's on that yeah. on yeah. Yeah. on the fringes. Yeah. So, um,
1: but it ended in mysterious circumstances at Hamilton, as well um and he's he's it's it 's fizzled out at Kilmarnock where it looked as if he he could be they could be good for each other and and they were for a while but it but ultimately it hasn 't been a long player that one and so you just wonder, is Jim Goodwin the man
6: to get the best out of edmund Brophy? well i I just think it, either way it 's a fabulous piece of business for yeah. for Simon to get a twenty four year old international into the club um particularly when Simon are going so well just now you know if they can get brophy in over the next days or a couple of weeks mm. they they could kick on you know this this top six prediction of Tony Fitzpatrick <laughs> is starting yeah. to look more yeah. and more realistic yeah. and yet when he said that
1: I guess he was talking about a totally different squad because because since he made that statement right at the start of the season, yeah. Jim Goodwin has plundered the Irish market yeah. particularly yeah. Uh, the likes of Jamie McGrath Dylan Connolly, Connolly yeah. um, and, and now he's and now he's got um, Eamon Brophy to throw into the mix as well it's that, it's that old building from a position of strength thing isn't
5: it? And obviously building in a market that he knows, um, so he obviously knows the, the, the type of player, the characters, and, and trust is is very, very important. Um, but they're, they're a difficult team to play against. Like I said I mean, I remember watching the the game where they upset Rangers, and Connolly was he was riding amongst her. He was he was one of those players that it's great when he's on your side. You don't like playing against him because he might leave a little bit on ya. He's got pace, so he can actually embarrass you in terms of any mistakes, lapses of concentration. But they just had a a, a real willingness as a group. Um, and that's very very important and it comes from it comes from the manager it's culture so it's so, uh, yeah. the, the way that it's driven from I'll, the top
6: I'll bet you they're glad they stuck with Jim Goodwin because he had gone I think it was eight games without a win yeah. and was under real pressure and they're getting the rewards now for, for sticking with him aren't
1: they yeah I mean there, there, was, there was a time where I think it was looking a bit like a shaky uh, a shaky <laughs> yeah. bag for him and, and you know like you Davey I, I just I, I mean I like Jim Goodwin I, you know I like him Personally, and I, and, I, and I also thought that he was right for Simran if they could just get through that patch. Given time, he would build things up. And that's, a, that's exactly what he's doing.
5: And it's brilliant because a lot of clubs panic. A lot of clubs yeah. panic and sack managers. Uh, you know, you look, at, you look at West Brom. I think, you know, Bilic, how, how he, he, he lost his job there. I know, he's, I think he's landed somewhere in the Middle East now, which he won't be complaining if you're on <laughs> decent dough. But I think they panicked. You know, that was on the back of a, a fantastic result against Man City.
6: Yeah. I, I, in, in, I that, think. in that league, they, it, it makes no sense now. I mean, Crystal Palace sacked Frank de Poore after four league games. Yeah. Four league yeah. games out. Yeah. So, you know, the world's gone mad. That, that particular football world down there has gone mad.
1: And it looks uh, as if uh, St Mirren might not feature, Davy in the... the you, would, you would have thought they were a certainty this season to be part of the, the relegation situation. But yeah. it's actually getting to the stage now
6: where they could be slightly above it. They could move away. They could be comfortable in mid-table. Yeah, and they could get the benefit of this tribunal that's going to decide about the points. You know, yeah. who, who's going to get the, the 4 feeted points? Yeah. Um, they, I mean, it, it would make perfect sense, surely, to play the games, would it not? Mm. I, I seem to be yeah. the minority here. No, I mean, the, the, these games where they're talking about having to four feet points, play the games. Yeah. That should have been the decision right at the outset, rather than yeah, absolutely staring staring them in the face. But they're, they're not very good at doing U turns. Talking to Stuart Kettlewell earlier, of course, replaced by John Hughes as the Ross
1: County manager. Uh, he got through a couple of uh, difficult ones to start with. They lost at Celtic Park. Uh, then they were down to nine men against St Mirren uh, and eventually lost that one. So it, it was difficult to judge Yogi at, at that stage. Of course, Yogi's been such a, a star on this show uh, more than once uh, in the last five or six months. Uh, great entertainment as ever. But he did get uh, he did get the win. He got the win at Easter Road top, uh, ag- against win. against Hibbs, and then it was a point against St, St. Johnston at the weekend.
5: Yeah, and again, so he's come in. He, we all know Yogi he's, 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 he's a bubbly character. He's honest. He's um, it's you know he's got a big heart, and I think that that flows onto to the team. Like so there's a couple of results at the start. You know, it's not going to turn overnight, but performances against Hibbs, um, which was a great result. And to be fair, yeah, they, they, the first half, you know, it was a tough game, lots of stuff. But the longer the game went, the better they got. Yeah. So they deserve, they deserve their victory. Uh, against St. Johnstone, 1-1. Um, you know, it's, it's still keeping momentum going. And one thing that he will just bring in enthusiasm and energy and will have people desperately wanting to play for him. And, and that is so much in football. When you've got players that want to play for a manager, yeah. um, it, it gives you so much more. And sometimes it's the freshness as well, isn't it, Davey? Sometimes
1: well, he's, it, he's fresh it's, every, day, that, every yeah. day of the week, he's fresh, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. You know, yeah. they but they were, but they we're becoming used to Stuart Kettlewell's voice, I guess, possibly, and his methods, pos- maybe, possibly, yeah. maybe, maybe
6: a, 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 after a certain amount of time, it needs something different. It, it's a tough, tough job up there, though. First of all, it's, it's hard to persuade players to, to go and live Yeah. In in the north. Mm. And, you know, if you look at the... If you look at the casualties up there, you know, from Derek Adams to Willie McStay, Owen Coyle, Jim McIntyre, um, you know, it, it's, it's a job that has eaten a lot of good managers up. Yeah, and, and yet it's been a really successful, a ridiculously successful yeah. operation. Absolutely. Uh, considering I mean, that Dingwall is a 5,000 population. Exactly. What are they doing in the top league? It's, it's remarkable.
1: Ross County this weekend against Livingston so it's going to be tough for them at Almondvale against Davie Martindale's side we we touched on them earlier on in the show I Flying. mean yeah I mean the, the the they will expect the the bandwagon to to roll on
4: Yeah
5: well again it, it's a home game for where uh, I know we've not got the fans but it's a home game they're on an incredible run uh, and you know they'll be looking at this match and saying that yes we will be tested because John uh, Hughes will have these boys right up for this match mm. but if we play to the level I actually think that Livingston have, have looked really creative and dangerous going forward now which has mm-hmm. been a, been an improvement I, I think to what was under Gary Holt I actually think that there's been a, a little bit more expression within the players to go and you know try things in the final third and it's it's made a big difference yeah. I think
6: you just got to hope the SFA see sense and you know this fit and proper tribunal that's coming up regarding uh, David Martindale You hope they see sense and allow him to continue. He's been at the club for long enough. Mm Well, what what, you know, what difference does it make that he's now manager? You know, the SFA were quite happy to have him as assistant manager. What's the difference? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, let the the guy give the guy a second chance. He's paid his dues, and you know, I'd be spiteful if you stopped him continuing in that job now. And he's
1: he's been playing the part for a long, long time he's been yeah. effectively doing the job for a long, long time the, the only difference now is he has it formally by job title
6: yeah, and and you would hope and listen, when it comes to the SFA, nothing makes much sense but you would hope they allow Livingston and, and David Martindale to, to continue this remarkable story
1: yep yeah. And it's, it's a word, uh, Livingston, that Celtic will see coming their way shortly as well. They, they've got them twice in about three or four days. I think they've got them home and away because, one, there's a rearranged game this month uh, for Celtic. So twice up against Livingston. So w- when we're talking about Celtic on the recovery, mm. can they still get the games clawed away to, to get closer yeah. to, to Rangers? Those are two toughies home and away to Livingston.
5: Yeah, but you know what kind of answer we're gonna get for Neil Lennon it's gonna be one game at a time. Yeah. Uh, I'm only worried about that one, but they're yeah. two yeah, two tough games, like I said. I mean, every game now there's no wiggle room for Celtic. You know, so every game for Celtic is that they can't they can't afford to, to drop any points because then it's good night, Vienna, it's finished.
1: Yeah, and, and most immediately, of course, is coming back from Dubai and answering the criticism that, that's, that's come there. Well, there's their, only their one way
6: to answer it, and that, yeah. that's by winning against Hibs. I mean, you imagine Celtic come back from Dubai and lose against Hibs. There'll oh. be a huge outcry uh, against that trip. I seem to remember, Celtic going to Japan for a money-spinning uh, friendly during the Premier League season mm. and come back and lost to Hearts and were slaughtered for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there'll be more of the same if they come up short against them next Monday.
1: Yeah, it's a massive Premiership weekend coming up with uh, three games on Saturday. One's been moved as of today. Dundee United play St Johnstone, Kilmarnock Hamilton. Uh, that's a Mirror Miriam-Motherwall match we were talking about as uh, news reaches us that uh, Graham Alexander is set to be announced as the new manager at Fir Park. Livingston against Ronce County has moved to Sunday alongside uh, the already, uh, the existing Aberdeen against Rangers game at Potaudry. That's a massive one, three o'clock Sunday. And uh, as Craig and Davey were saying, it is Celtic against Hibs at 7.45 on Monday night. going to be good to get the football back this weekend. It's felt like a, a little while. I suppose we've had uh, midweeks peppered with uh, rearranged games and of course uh, European football, the, the whole Europa League campaign as well. Um, it's felt like a, a long shift this week uh, between uh, last weekend and what's coming up this weekend. Uh, the matches we've been uh, talking about on Saturday, matches at Tanadice and, and Rugby Park and in Paisley of course, we'd have, we have to say at this stage weather permitting because um, it uh, it's looking pretty snowy out there, temperatures plummeting so let's see what survives at the weekend but those three are certainly down for Saturday in the Premiership. Livingston against Ross County has been moved to Sunday as a precaution Uh, I think the thinking was that Saturday might be a struggle and uh, Sunday would be a better bet for a Livingston pitch that has already come under the microscope Uh, Sunday uh, for that game and Sunday as well for Aberdeen against Rangers at Petaudry 3 o'clock and then Monday night, as we've been talking, Celtic against Hibs, seven forty-five. Aberdeen against Rangers. Craig is a fixture uh, that will probably get you drooling because uh, it's a, it's a pretty serious rivalry that one, isn't it?
5: Yeah, no, it, it is. Like it's um, it's a game that um, there, there's always this, you know, especially up at Pardodri. It's it's one of those games where Rangers, fan, Rangers fans, Rangers players, love to go up there. Uh, I used to love going up there uh, and knowing how tough those those games w- were. Um, not a not a lot of love lost between the two teams. Let's no. be honest, um, because of the history. And yeah, they were great games to be involved in. First game of the season, I think, was Aber- Aberdeen away. Uh, Rangers, a tough 1-0 yeah. win. Yeah. I-, I expect it to, to be a very, very similar kind of match. Derek McInnes will have his team well organised. Aberdeen, uh,
1: t- Aberdeen were poor that day. Aberdeen didn't offer a whole lot.
5: They, they weren't great, but you know what? Rangers weren't great that
6: day either. No. We touched on that. They weren't great. Yeah. They ended up getting the three points. Um, Aberdeen have got to be more aggressive. They were so passive that first game of the season. Yeah, they, yeah. They've got to have more belief in themselves. Because I, I do think Rangers... I'd be surprised if Rangers are at their best on Sunday because the old firm game takes so much out of you physically and mentally. And, you know, if Aberdeen have ever had a chance, I think, of getting something from Rangers, it's this Sunday. But it's just that winning machine, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but I I go back to my point about the old firm game, what it takes from you. Mm. There's an element of after the Lord Mayor's show when you've just come out of an old firm game. And I I, I think Derek McInnes will know that his... I, I think he would hold his own hands up and say that that he he set the team up poorly first game of the season far too passive played almost like a, a counter attacking game on their own pitch i think Aberdeen have to get out rangers this this weekend yeah.
5: but, but the thing I, yeah, I, I i agree but i don't think they will I, again i think i think they'll have them set up well organized um, limit space and opportunity to rangers but look to uh, to try and hit on the counter i believe that that that, that will be still his his game plan if he's really, really aggressive, he, he might get some joy, you know? Or
6: certainly test ranges in a... He's stronger up front. In a different much way. Much stronger up front now than he was, you know, back in August. Yeah. Much stronger up front now.
0: Yeah.
1: it's It's another of these games, though, that's difficult to get your head around... Uh, Without a crowd, isn't it? Because uh, you know you were I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about the the atmosphere ah. at Pottodry when when they're packing them in, um, and and to play it with a a silent background apart yeah. from the squeals from the technical area, yeah. uh, it's it just doesn't seem right.
5: No, it, look, it doesn't seem right. But I think now the the players and and, and the coaches and and they, they, look they're. There across that situ- situation, we obviously look forward to changing where we can get the crowds again because it just delivers so much, so much more uh, for the players. The, the intensity and the atmosphere uh, is fantastic. But they're strange games. I've seen seen a lot of them. Uh, now uh, you're right, and you're hearing the shouting on the field and and things that you wouldn't normally normally hear. Um, and it kind of gives you that feeling of a of a bounce game, a training match at times. Yeah. So that's what it gives you, that kind of feeling. I
6: can't imagine taking part in an old firm game with no crowd. I just ah. can't imagine it because the, the crowd just generates so much adrenaline.
5: Yeah. I think as well, it's a good point, right? So I think that that's why I think Lennon could have left and did leave Scott Brown out. Or, or can leave him out in terms of the old firm game. Because... Scott Brown thrives off a crowd. He thrives. He's an unbelievable player, and he's been a fantastic performer for Celtic. But when you take away the atmosphere, the the crowd, and and mm. and getting in people's faces and all that sort of stuff, then you're taking a lot of that game away from Scott Brown. Yeah.
6: yeah.
1: I think it's probably important for Aberdeen that they've got Scott Wright back. He came off the bench at the weekend for for them, and, and I would imagine he will start against Rangers on Sunday. Um, and he gives them uh, alongside Hedges and in behind whoever plays the main striking position, be it Curtis well, May or Sam Mendes Cosgrove. Throwing the,
6: throwing the gauntlet down now, you know he's got has yeah. got choice now, Derek yeah. McInnes, and, yeah. and they're they're getting more out of Lewis Ferguson because they're pushing him further forward. Yeah. they want to get more goals off him. Um, but the the question would be, will Derek? let them off the leash because I, I, I think by instinct Derek is, is quite um, cautious, quite defensive
0: mm-hmm.
6: and I, I think there have been times where he could have set them up to, to have a go at the old firm and he's, he's been reluctant to do that. I think this weekend Aberdeen have to have a go.
5: Why not? Why not? I, I quite like the, I mean, from what I've seen, I, I like hedges. Yeah. I, I, you know, sometimes, I mean, sometimes. When, he, when he opens his legs and okay, the, yeah. the, the quality and, and product maybe and product sometimes. Execution. That will come. That will come. You know, you keep working away, working away, but decent size, looks like a great athlete, and when he opens those legs, um, he's got a bit of pace as well. So I quite like what I've seen.
1: And they need to make the most out of that ferguson McCrory partnership, don't they? Because who knows when that will be broken when Aberdeen have to sell an asset like yeah. Lewis,
6: Lewis Ferguson to, to try to balance the books. Well, they, they, they will. I mean, they had to sell Scott McKenna and they're losing so much money that um, it's only a matter of who's next. You know, that's the that's way. And it's not just Aberdeen. Aberdeen were lucky they had Scott McKenna to sell. Yeah. There, there are clubs throughout Scotland who would desperately love a player to sell and, and mm. don't have one that could get decent money.
1: The reality is that Celtic need teams like Aberdeen to start taking something from Rangers, even if it is a draw, and it's a and yeah. Rangers can can lose a couple of points. Celtic it, need that.
5: They do, but it's a tough one when you start when you start relying on other people to to be able to um, make up ground, or you know, when it's out of your hands. Yeah, then. then you need a lot of luck, Rob. You need a lot of luck. You know, you need to you need to hope that Rangers are going to slip and not just slip once, that they slip and go on a on a poor run. Listen, um, it's always better when it's in your own hands. Yeah,
1: and and or when you're breathing down Rangers' necks, yeah. which has never happened in recent memory I, this season.
6: I, I think a lot of people, particularly Neil Lennon, would want to see how Rangers would react to a defeat. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, and they st- obviously still have a huge lead, but what would it do to the the psyche? You know, they they've been relentless so far. But, you know, they have claps in the past and were they to lose one, it'd be very interesting mm-hmm. to see how they how they handled that.
1: Yeah, I'm just looking at uh, so the Rangers games, so Aberdeen away Sunday, uh, Motherwell away the following weekend. And Ross County at Ross home. County at home and then Motherwell and then Hibbs. Then Hibbs it's right, Hibbs right, away. Yeah, yeah. So actually when you think Aberdeen away, Motherwell away with a new manager. Hibs away, looking to to get back to what they were doing under Jack Ross,
5: having had a couple of really bad results. Um, you know, it it's it could be it could be a big month. It's a ma- it's a massive month. <laughs> no, it really is a massive month. Oh, I think I heard Fergie uh, as well say like the next the next four matches. Um, you know, the the games before the Old Firm and the games after the Old Firm are so important because if you do get that good result, you have got to make sure you then. Um, go and win the next game so that next game for for Rangers and that most important game is going and, uh, away to Aberdeen and making sure they win that football match
1: I'm just looking at uh, Celtics games in, uh, in January uh, as well so it's Hibs we've been talking about it Hibs on Monday night um, and then well uh, yeah Livingston vanished for a moment there so it's Livingston at home the following Saturday then Amonville in midweek so, so yeah. Livingston home and away back to back and uh, Celtic at home to Hamilton. The equipment's making, so making a few strange noises in here. Um, but uh, yes, so Celtic at home to Hamilton. So we so would look at those, well, I don't know, what, what would you take from, from those lineups ups of, of, of fixtures, Davy? as we get bleeping in the background?
6: Well, Celtic simply can't afford to drop anything now. So that, that is p- pretty obvious. The, the, the one thing, well, Rangers are going to go and win at Petaudry on Sunday it would be a real kick in the teeth to Celtic because Neil Lennon, if, if he believes there's a way back into this title race, he'll be looking at Pataudry as one of the banana skins for Rangers. Potentially. Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. But if Rangers go to Pataudry and steamroller Aberdeen, then that is going to be a real kick in the teeth to Celtic ahead of their game against him on, on Monday night. Makes and it even it, more difficult.
5: No, very much. Like, look, it just depends. Like, again, yeah, there's, look, every game is a, is a tough match. Um, Celtic are on a decent, decent little run. Like so Take the old firm uh, result away. The performance, Davey, was, was very, very yeah. good. And it's probably the first time this season where we've, we've been able to say that, that Celtic have started to get on a little bit of a run and find some momentum. Um, you know, many times Neil Lennon's come out saying we just need to get on a run, we just need to get on a run. Yeah. His team's actually put a decent run of performances together with majority good results, He'll be looking to build on that. I think that, you know, he'll be quite excited about uh, the the challenges in each game. We touched on Celtic coming back from Dubai and how important that not only that they get a result against Hibs, I actually think that they need to win well to make sure that there's no backlash. Yeah,
0: yeah.
6: If they do that, then they get away with the Dubai trip, don't they? they if get they away come back that? and lose,
5: yeah. Oh, then, know, it, then it could be yucky. Yeah. It could be really, really messy. They'll I mean, take media, a hammering for that. The media will have a field day with that.
1: But it just adds to the pressure, doesn't it? And there was plenty of that already
5: and there you look I mean you, you, you're a Celtic player Rangers player or, or the managers of, of either of these two football clubs you're under pressure every single day you're going in and you're training you're under pressure every game that you play you're under pressure you have to win every single match what do they say you're, you're one, one game away from a disaster or a crisis um, so look, that's, that's what they love that's, that's what gets their juices flowing Rob Talking of crisis,
1: I'm a bit worried about all the
5: bleeping that's going that's going on in the background
1: here. I'm about to get the toolbox out to see if I can see if I can get this sorted. Hopefully, you're still hearing us out there. And uh, once we get into the news at seven, we will hopefully get what is going horribly wrong in the studio uh, repaired. But we we spoke to you in the course of the show about uh, Brendan Rodgers and. Uh, the possibility of Philip uh, Benkovic uh, returning to the club on loan, um, and I just wonder how busy Celtic are going to get Davy in this transfer window.
6: I I, I don't think particularly no. busy. Um, I don't think it's a time to 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 start panic buying. Uh, you're going to pay way over the odds for players at a time where Celtic are burning cash, mm. probably burning wage bill of, of fifty million plus, burning more money than any other club in the country. So. Uh, you know, I, I think Celtic have to be realistic. The, the the league is probably beyond them now, and I think they have to start looking at the next transfer window next summer. That's, I think, when we'll see Dermot Desmond and how much ambition he still has for the club. And uh, there are, I mean, there are positives. Uh, just around the corner
1: for Celtic as well with the likes of Mikey Johnston who who did feature and then dropped out maybe they're using him sparingly and of course the big name that everybody has on their lips at the moment is James Forrest on the way back
5: Well look we all know the quality that James Forrest uh, has and and obviously he's closer to to coming back uh, and being involved which is fantastic I I think Mikey Johnston has come in and been a breath of fresh air uh, for Celtic again uh, as a defender he's he's a player that you don't like to play against because he's very direct he'll get at you Um, he's got pace he actually's got good ability when he when he gets by people to pick people out. Um so he look he's been a miss, but I think he's You
6: could you could go and get a couple of loan signings. We talked about Patrick Roberts, who yeah, Neil Warnock yeah. is not gonna play at Middlesbrough. Yep. Um would Patrick Roberts come back up Yeah, yeah. I've, got, I've no doubt if he did come back up he would do Celtic a ton they're so short of work yeah. right now there's certainly been talk about it uh, as those
1: uh, intriguing games come up at the weekend Aberdeen against Rangers on Sunday Celtic against Hibs on Monday night thanks to Craig thanks to Davy I'm going to get the studio repaired after this and we'll be back with you tomorrow <laughs> at 5 The Gold
3: Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited have your boiler serviced replaced or repaired this winter Let's
0: go, go.